Hour number two of Canuck Central. It's Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah here in the Kintech studio. We'll dive more into uh, the Quinn Hughes discourse a little bit later on this hour. Uh, he's, he's really good at hockey. We've all known that in Vancouver, but uh, others still being convinced. And that's where the uh, discussion lies. But right now, uh, really excited to have our next guest on the program. He played 770 games in the NHL, 275 with your Vancouver Canucks. Please welcome to the show. It's Brandon Sutter. Thanks for this, Brandon. How's it going? Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's uh, um, been a, a bit of a whirlwind a uh, couple weeks or a couple months for me, but uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. It's been uh, it's good being home again, and um, yeah, I can't I uh, can't complain too much. How has these uh, last uh, two weeks been for you? Uh, it's been tough. Just uh, I guess just adjusting a bit. I think I always. Uh, you know, not playing the last two two seasons, I think uh, I was really feeling better over the last six months here, and, and really thought that uh, I'd give myself a chance to get back. And and yet, I knew when I had talked with uh, you know Ken Ken Holland and the Oilers this summer, I, I knew I wasn't a hundred percent yet, but I thought I was getting closer and closer every day and every week, and I was just seeing a lot of improvement. So I was uh, I was optimistic I'd have a chance to play. Um, and it just didn't quite work out. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just adjusting to that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed the way it ended. It's, I, you know, I never thought I'd be ending a career like this after the last couple of years would have gone through, but, uh, I think you kind of get things in perspective a bit too. Um, when you do have health issues, what, what really matters and what's really important. And, um, you know, I would have loved to play what, even just one more year. That was my goal. I just want to play one more season and, get a chance to share with my kids and, and have a chance to play again. But uh, um, like I said, you, want, you, you gain a bit of perspective of what, what really matters. And uh, it was time to, uh, to just kind of realize that I got to take care of myself. Well, and I mean, for a while you were quite a way away from even giving it a try. And the fact that you were at a point where you did, you were able to be there for training camp and give it a go means you came a long way to get to that point. Is there at least some peace in knowing that you got to the point where you were able to put the pads on and at least try one more time? Yeah, there is for sure. I would have regretted if I didn't at least give it a shot. Um, I think last winter, I started skating with the junior team here in Red Deer, I think in January last winter, just because I, I wanted to at least, I wanted to have a chance to play this season. So I thought if I, if I, if I'm going to play, I have to at least try to keep skating here. So I gave it a chance, uh, skated through the, start, the winter last year, but I just never felt, never felt like I was close last year. I just, I, I still was so far away. Um, and then kind of health wise, probably from about May on, I started noticing a big difference. And that's what I, uh, you know, through last winter, I was still training off ice. Uh, but I just never, my, my, my breathing and stuff just never was good enough. Um, it wasn't until the summer where I, I, I started doing full workouts and bike rides, and I, I was like, you know what, I, I feel pretty good. I don't feel normal, but I, I got a chance. And Like you said, I'm just happy at least I, uh, I gave it a shot because I think I would have probably probably regretted it a long time if I just uh, hadn't. So um, I'm at least proud of that. And um, Like I said, it's not the way I wanted it to go, but uh, sometimes it's the way it works. Yeah, I know you've you've talked about uh, the process of going through long COVID uh, on a couple of different occasions, but uh, you mentioned there it just it just started to come back. Was was there anything that happened, or was it just time where it eventually your body started to to get back to to the levels it was before the long COVID? 
yeah, you know what? I, I just, I, I just, I still just don't know. I, I still mm-hmm. don't know what the answer is. I think I, I started feeling better. I started working with a naturopath here in Red Deer and they were able to find a couple of things to, to kind of help me out a bit. And, and, uh, it's all kind of things to, you know, help your immune system get back to what it's supposed to be doing. And it's such a, it's just such a complex thing and, and, uh, no one really understands what it means. And, um, I think, you know, the, the term long COVID is, is a very, um, very loose term. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 uh, all I know is I haven't felt normal since I've had COVID and all my problems have started immediately after COVID. So it's hard to, uh, it's hard to say exactly what triggered or what, what the issue is. But, um, what I know is it's, I think the common term I hear is like a, it's like a dysregulation of your immune system and you kind of feel, you kind of feel inflamed or like almost like you're toxic all the time. And then mm-hmm. I know I've worked on, on creating some, some mold in my body, some issues with my gut and things that have really helped me feel better, but I'm still just not, still not normal. So, um, I'm just going to keep picking away at it. And, and at least I have some people trying to help me and it's, uh, um, I'm still trying to look for kind of new things and stuff, but, uh, I'm trying to try to correct it, but I'll, I don't know if I'll ever know exactly why or how it, uh, it hit me so hard. And in terms of, like you mentioned, gaining perspective and, and saying that there are bigger things that matter, like family and just being able to live life at a normal, more normal pace, I suppose. And is there, are you at least feeling like you're at a point where when it comes to off ice things that you can get back to kind of feeling like in doing things you were able to do that do matter in life? Yeah, no, I definitely am, am so much better. Like, I mean, that first year when we were still in Vancouver, um, when I was still with the Canucks under contract and I, you know, I, I was still open to play that year. I was so sick. Like I just couldn't even, I, I don't even know what it was. I, I, I mean, I, I was so fatigued and tired and I had you know, horrible, horrible shortness of breath. And I just had all these weird issues going on, like brain fog, things that just don't make any sense. I, like my memory was just horrible. And I, I'll never like again. I'll never know why, but mm-hmm. I'm day to day now. I'm I'm so much better. It's it's really come a long ways, and I I really like I said I, I wouldn't have tried the summer if I if I didn't think I'd be close. Um, so like you said, day to day I I do feel pretty good. Um, I noticed through training camp and stuff like that when you start stacking day after day of you know high intensity and and high pace and contact and all that stuff. I just started feeling worse and worse and worse and worse again. And, um, I felt okay for the first, you know, I went to Edmonton a couple weeks before training camp and tried to kind of get myself in shape and it was going okay. Um, but when I started playing the games, even the day after the games, I just, I just felt horrible. And I, uh, I played my last game in Vancouver preseason game there and, and, uh, throughout the game, I started feeling just crappy and I, I, I kind of felt it in all three of the games I played and I kind of knew at that point that I needed to, to talk to them and just say like, you know, I, I kind of had the mindset that I, I had to be a hundred percent to make it work. And, um, when you're in training camp and you're not close to a hundred, you just know there's no way you're going to be able to make it through a season. It's, uh, you would just be mentally and physically exhausted and drained. And it's just, I, I just, I couldn't be at that level. I, the tough part was you wanted to compete at the level you're used to competing and what it takes to be a good player in the league. And I just, I, I couldn't get there. I just was so, um, I was just so fatigued and tired that I, I knew it wasn't time and I knew it's only going to make me worse. So I had to 
I think the day after I met with Ken and Jay and, and just said, you guys, I, I'm just not feeling well at all. And that next week I felt horrible. So I, I had the answer. It wasn't the answer I wanted, but at least I got an answer. So it uh, gives me a bit of closure on it. It, it, it is strange because um, you know when the when the whole team went through it, uh, you guys came back. You, you won those those two games against Toronto. I think you had a you scored a couple of goals in one of those games against the Leafs uh, as part yeah. of the comeback. And um, and it seemed like you guys valiantly kind of as a team as a group came back and, and played hard through the end of the season there. Um, yeah. But but the the symptoms just lingered on through the summer after that. Yeah, and this is the part I'll never understand. And I, the weird thing is I've talked to a lot of people that, well, now I've talked about people that have had this, you know, same kind of issues, people that have kind of reached out to me through either social media or kind of friends of people I know. They're like, hey, you know, talk to this person. He's got the same thing. And one common thing is a lot of people have COVID or have whatever they have. And then, you know, two, three months go by, and then they start noticing they're they're really struggling. That was kind of my story. Like, I, we were all really sick with COVID, and then, you know, three weeks later, I felt what I thought was pretty normal. I think we went back to playing and, you know, we all felt pretty off for a little bit, but not uh, nothing like that. And then that summer, I think it started probably in about, probably about June when I came home for the summer and um, I just started noticing, oh, I'm just having a tough time breathing. And it just got worse and worse through the summer. And then um, by August, I just was like middle of August, I was still training and stuff, but I... I just kept getting worse and then by September October I was worse still and I I was going completely backwards so yeah I'll never truly understand why it uh happened the way it did but um I'm just thankful that I'm at least uh hopefully getting through it here at some point and feeling better now. Brandon Sutter our guest uh, here on uh, Canuck Central uh still a, a pretty remarkable career 770 games uh you play 275 here in in Vancouver how, how do you look back on your time with the Vancouver Canucks oh we love Vancouver it was awesome I mean we I've uh I'm happy I got a chance to play there for for the years I did it's uh you know I never never had the success as a team that I had hoped and and yet uh that one they had the one season right before COVID where it seemed like we kind of turned a page as a kind of an organization we kind of you know that first couple of years there with the Sedins retiring and the transition we went through and I was excited to kind of you know be on the other side of that where we thought okay now we had some guys coming in and, and we kind of made some strides and we had you know Husey and PD coming in and and Brock and Bo and um we just had a good young core of guys and a bunch of veterans that wanted to win and um unfortunately we never did we never got a chance to play I didn't get a chance to play a playoff game in Vancouver. Just we had that that uh, run in the bubble, but that was it. So um, that's disappointing, and that that'll stick with me with every team I was on. You know, Pittsburgh I had chances to win cups there, and every year we just came up a bit short. And, um, and Carolina too, never made the playoffs there. So it's uh, you always I think the only regret you have is you wish you could have won a cup. That's all you look back on. But uh, for me in Vancouver was 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 pretty special. We you know moved there before we were married and. Uh, got married our first year there and then had three kids born there and it kind of became our you know, home away from home so um i loved it there and I, like i said i wish i could end it on a better better terms but uh you just got to kind of play the cards you're dealt well and i mean you, we look at the team now and, and it's easy to look at and say you know what uh, a, a 6-2 center with some speed right-handed can win draws good on the pk and uh, a good two-way forward would be exactly what this team needs but also looking back at your time and you mentioned that bubble year and it is unfortunate because, I mean, we haven't seen playoff hockey since then and none of the fans have seen it since then. But 
like, what was it like being part of that group? Because it was a different situation too, right? You guys were in a hotel together. What was that? What did, what did that run kind of mean to you? And what was it like being part of, of it, even though you know fans weren't there to appreciate it? Yeah, I think I think every player that was in it will probably look back, like look back now, and you kind of like you know that was actually kind of pretty neat, kind of cool and stuff. But um, I think at the time it was, uh, I think the hard part was you know for guys like myself who had kids at the time mm-hmm. um, going into midsummer and going back to playing hockey by July first, and then um, it was just a weird year for everybody, and you know all the testing and just it was just I mean it was. Uh, very unprecedented times but um looking back it's kind of cool you know it's like it was like a big hockey tournament for for the best players <laughs> in the world it was just the weirdest thing but you know we spent a lot of time in the hotels hanging out and um you know tried to make the best of it and um again it, the days went very slow while we were in there but um it was definitely a, a neat experience and one that uh, you definitely won't uh, won't forget how did you get so good in the draw brandon um, well, I think I, I don't know. I always had seemed like coaches that were willing to help me with it. I think, you know, my starting when you're a young guy, you just don't understand what, how important of it all. And then as you get older, you realize that, uh, if it's part of your game, you can, it can be a big boost in your career and you can prolong your career being a good faceoff guy. And I think that's something that, you know, I thought even going to this year, if I had a chance to play, um, would be a big part of it was being a good penalty killer and being good in face-off so it's uh it's always something that i added i think when i was in carolina i waited uh rod brindamore and ron francis and i got to uh um you know when i was in vancouver i think with manny malholtra that helped me a lot because he really uh really that's when i really got in depth with looking at things and trying to correct things and get better at things. And that's when i found i got a lot better at it so i owe, uh, I owe a big uh <laughs> big fist bump to manny on that one and Sat and I always talk about it. There's just like there's not a ton of right shot guys that that win draws on the PK in this league. There's like at least yeah. at a good number, you know, to to be even be 48, 49% means you're in uh, amongst the top in the league in in those sorts of situations. Yeah, um, it's actually kind of intriguing cuz I I've talked to a couple people. I remember having a conversation with Stan Smeal about this and um I'm curious to see where where penalty killing is 10 years from now because mm-hmm. it seems like it's such a, you know, young kids off or it's such an offensive game now. So young kids are taught how to score goals, how to stick handle, how to do all the skill work. Um, when I was younger and in junior and I can speak for a ton of guys, that wasn't the case. Like we didn't have skills coaches. We weren't working on skills. We were working on like, okay, how can you positionally do this? Like, how can you be better defensively and just different game now. So I'm just curious to see where it, uh, where it goes. There's not a lot of guys that, are just you know defensive and and kill penalties well you look at a lot of teams now they're using their best goal scorers or their penalty killers and it's just the it's just such a changing of the of the guard i guess i don't even know how to explain it but i'm curious to see uh what it looks like 10 years from now teams are still you know playing the same way it seems like if you watch teams now a lot of teams play way more aggressive than you ever would have seen 10 15 mm-hmm. years ago so it's just a just a different time well and the question is like does it change in the postseason because so far we see the game revert back to being you know the type of game that has been more traditional if you make mistakes if you're not winning battles that's what's going to cost you if that changes i guess then maybe we'll see it move over or you know maybe what yeah. the, the league keeps needing is having guys like yourself who know those details and keep teaching it at the nhl level but that's what i wonder about does it change in the playoffs ever 
Yeah, well, that, that that is a good question because it seems like year in and year out, the teams that succeed in the playoffs, the teams that give up the least amount of goals again, like they're just, it's just, if you are defensively sound, it, that's number one. And then if your power play can get hot, you're pretty much win every playoff series. That's like the formula of success. So I guess as a team trying to win, you got to try to keep the other team from getting hot on the power play. And that seems to be the, the difference maker because, you know, five on five, every team plays more or less the same system, the same mm-hmm. ways. And uh, you're relying on, you know, some skilled players to make some plays five on five. That's your difference of your team. But uh, special teams is uh, it's everything. So um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to watch. It's one thing about not being a hockey player anymore is I can kind of be more of a fan of the game, which I'm kind of excited about too. So it's kind of neat to see it on the other side. Well, you're clearly very passionate about the game, and, and, and obviously you see the game at a very high level. Do you have any thoughts of getting involved in terms of coaching or management or being involved in any sort of way here, whether it's media even? Because clearly you can also talk with the best of them. Yeah, you know what? I honestly don't even know yet. I, it's been such a – the last two years, um, and now it's been, you know, over the last two weeks, you're kind of like, okay, well, now I'm not playing. Now what am I going to do? And mm-hmm. You know, it's things I've thought about for sure as you've gotten over the last few years, but uh, um, one thing I'm not sure about is I, I'm just not, there's things about it I miss and things about it I don't. And I think some of the things I won't miss about it is kind of the, you know, the, the waiting around, you know, game day, waiting around all day to play the game at night. You're like, oh, like, like now the other day I was with my kids on a Friday afternoon and we were doing something fun and I was like, I'm not going to miss going to the rink at 6 p.m. at night to go to work or whatever, you know, so um that part i won't miss and, and the travel i think it's it's a long year of traveling so i'm excited to kind of be uh, be through that so um in terms of what i'll do next yeah i don't know i i don't know if i'm ready to get back into a schedule like that i think it's it's nice to finally be home and and uh, you know we're building a house at home so it's uh just nice to kind of feel settled and we'll see what happens down the road but for now uh having three little kids at home doesn't really make me want to get up and leave too early so we'll see what happens well, and you can always uh, chit-chat with us about the game whenever whenever you feel like you get the itch. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Check in whenever you want. I'm always uh, open to it. But it's uh, like I said, it's, it's kind of cool being able to be a bit of a fan again. And um, Yeah, I wish I could have made a run to play one more, ta- one more time. But uh, I think it was my uh, brother-in-law said to me, he's like, well, you, I said, oh, I'd do anything to play one more game, just one more game, and it'd be so cool. But he said, well, you can't. <laughs> can't really think about that you got to think about the 770 you did play and i said yeah that's that's a good point so i'm pretty uh very fortunate to have the career i had and and uh just time to move on uh great career and uh great chatting with you uh, brandon thank you for for sharing your, a little bit of your story with us here today and uh, we appreciate it talk soon yeah thanks guys and just uh i want to say thanks to the fans of vancouver too it was very uh very supportive and i've received a lot of uh you know kind of cool messages the last couple of years going through things and um just love my time there so i, I appreciate everything there is uh brandon sutter joining us uh talking about his retirement and of course his struggles with long covid which um you know he as he describes is a lot more than uh what long covid maybe suggests it is but um it's been a real struggle for him, and you could hear it uh, throughout the course of that interview, Sam. Yeah, and you know, and he mentioned that he, all he knows because he's like you said, trying to figure out what's going on and what's going on, and he said all he knows is it all started from the time he got COVID, and from then on, you yeah, know, he went through it himself, and it's just you can tell the exasperation in his voice from everything he's gone through and everything he tried, yeah. and he truly wanted to get back and. 
um it, it's honestly like you know we really we really felt for him you know yeah. when we were chatting with him here because you, you know it, it was something that obviously took a huge toll on him and like he did everything he could to try to get back you know and and maybe right now like you mentioned he was he's he's, he's still more worried about like you know he wants to get back to 100 percent, or he's more up, upset though or disappointed that he couldn't get back and playing but the fact that he at least got to that point and, and gave it a try I think it shows, you know, to me, it shows a lot of courage and it shows, you know, a lot of hard work and determination to get to that point. It's just unfortunate that he couldn't get healthy enough to be able to compete. Um, it, it is strange how he was, uh, and, you know, many of those Canucks <laughs> came back uh, late on in that North Division season after the whole team essentially got COVID and he did too. He scored a bunch of goals you know he scored two against Toronto and one of those wins right after they came back including a shorthanded goal his final goal came against the Ottawa Senators assisted by Tyler Myers and Quinn Hughes so tough situation for Brandon Sutter you feel for him uh but uh, hopefully he can uh find some peace moving forward uh now that he has essentially called it and has called it a career um you know, really interesting conversation too there about being a right shot center and uh, being good on the PK and sort of saw that as what his role would be, a guy who could be a right shot center and win draws on the PK because there's not a lot of those guys around the league. It's no. something we've been identifying forever, Seth. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the other things that he talked to about details, right? Like guys that can defend well, the, yeah. the game management aspect of things. And he's also wondering how the game's going to look, look in 10 years or so. But I think a lot of that stuff is you know fascinating because he probably looked at it and said, hey, these are things I do well and I can excel in. And if I can get back, then maybe I can help somebody. And honestly, like if he was healthy enough, he's the type of player that could help somebody in that type of a role. Now, you don't want to be paying you know, through the, too much for that type of player of course but look at the scarcity of those guys yeah to begin with very uh very hard to find as we talked about when the canucks uh, acquired sam lafferty uh mike from richmond appreciating the interview feels for the guy long COVID has affected a good friend of his um it's you know um it is scary that that uh, is still something a lot of people deal with, and there isn't a lot of answers, as uh, we figured out in just talking to Brandon Sutter yeah. over the last 15 minutes. You know, and, and there's so much more we could have spoken to Sutter about. And, and to be honest, like when we, when we were doing an interview and we're talking and in, in between, we're kind of like, I mean, when, when a guy shares the struggles yeah. to that degree, it, it, it feels kind of awkward to all of a sudden be like, so let's talk about other great hockey things. You yes. know what I mean? So it, it was one of those things where... I, I appreciate the fact that he shared it because it's not easy. And I think he was trying to detail how difficult this has been for him and how far he's had to go to get to this point and what a struggle it still is for him, you know? So it's one of those where I'm like, Mike, like I, I really felt for the guy. And mm -hmm. when you, you know, when a guy starts detailing those things, it, it just seems like, you know, regular hockey discussions, discussions are just kind of trivial at that point. It, uh, Makes it a little bit more difficult, but uh, appreciate Brandon Sutter coming on and sharing his story about his uh, fight with long COVID. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah coming up back in on the Canucks and some things going on around the National Hockey League as well. That's next on Canucks Central. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Vancouver sports fans. Halford and Bruff in the morning. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.